And welcome in to DNVR Bets Daily. I am your host, Andre Simone. As usual, our friend RK out today, moving the true, uh, the, the, the biggest loser of all. The RK had a nice day yesterday with his two locks, two and oh. Those locks are actually like locks now that we bet on, uh, on Colorado sports. And it's the first day we have Rockies. Avs, Nuggets, all at the same time, basically back to back to back. So we've got my main man, Patrick Lyons, here with us. And we're going to have a, a, a slew of other experts to talk about their respective sports and our local teams, where we, frankly, Patrick, have been crushing it lately. Um, I, I hope you didn't miss out on too many winnings while you were in, were in New Jersey and couldn't do that legal betting with us. But uh you know, I think uh, if we can get those Colorado records up, RK is 12 and 4 on Colorado teams. We, we've only had uh, local teams back like two weeks now. And uh, I'm 10 and 5, you know, uh, still hitting it hard with the units and uh, just doing well record wise um, in general, too. So it's a uh, man, it's a good time to be a Colorado fan. It's a good time to be a Colorado uh, citizen and uh, and be in this sport and be able to do all this legal betting. So, uh, my friend, how are you, Patrick? How are you doing? How about them Rockies, huh? Doing well, yeah. Eight and two, uh, atop the National League, atop the NL West. Nolan's being Nolan. Sure Rockies is. are not really being the Rockies. The Rockies <laughs> are being something otherworldly uh, and are, are winning at a rate that's relatively unprecedented. And you know what? They've always been a team that start off fast and then have that June swoon. Well, you know what? The season is only two months. So let's let's forget about those waning months and let's get right to the playoffs. So they still got a long ways to go, but you're right, man. They're they're winning. You guys on DNVR bets are winning. You're plugged in. And when you know Colorado sports, you you know how to how to win some money for sure right now. Yeah, I guess so. And what's crazy about the Rockies as you're saying, doing it, I mean, this is not your father's Rockies. This is not your your baby's Rockies. This is no Rockies like anything we've seen before. This is more like a 19, circa 1990s Atlanta Braves with the way that this pitching staff is looking. And what's got me so excited is you still have Gray. You still have Freeland. Then we go to Seattle against the Mariners. Very beatable three games there. And then we come back home against the lowly D-Bags and uh, the Texas Rangers. So here until like August 16th, the Rockies are going to be favored in just about everything, man. So it's going to be really exciting. And then after that, Strohs and Dodgers is going to be a real test. But this is far from a mirage with these Rockies at a plus 23 run differential at the top of the NLS. So the games, they the few games they've lost by slim margins, the games they're winning by, uh, by large margins. So, um, I yeah, guess they, they, yeah, the, the biggest thing is, is if they do this long enough, like they get through, like you said, Seattle, Arizona, yeah, yeah. Texas series. At that mm-hmm. point, you just start to believe it. You go, Hey, this yeah. is who we are. And they believe it now too. And sure. they believed it for most of 2019, even if their record didn't exactly yeah. show it. But I think you get to a certain stage where you go, yeah, no, we're just going to win three out of every four games. We're going to have a 750 winning percentage for the rest of the season. And it, it really starts to become true, even against the likes of the Astros and Dodgers. Unreal. But we said, I mean, this is what the conversations we were having with you and Drew looking at the season and the start and how it could really set up to a hot start and what this would mean for the momentum of this team. Um, 
Now, if there's one concern I have, Patrick, it's it's how this bullpen has looked, right? And uh, and allowing a few too many runs in the in the later innings, which is why my lock for this game against the Giants with John Gray on the mound is going to be for this game to go under six and a half runs in the first five innings. This is one that's hit the last two games for me because, of course, we've been able to rely on, uh, boy, some good performances from the starting pitchers, though two games, of course, Chi-Chi kind of imploded and uh, Hoffman had to come in and help. But those have been safer bets for me than the general over where I get to the eighth and ninth and I have to start sweating it out. Yeah, the, the bullpen has, outside of Wade Davis and James Pazos, you kind of subtract their numbers. Yeah. The bullpen has been unbelievable. And That's even, true. Even without the you know nearly $40 million they spent on three separate relievers, all those guys are, are gone. We'll, we'll see Brian Shaw in Seattle soon enough uh, if he doesn't get designated for assignment at that point. But yeah, that's a that's a good call for tonight. You know, Logan Webb will be making his first start for the Giants at Coors yes. Field. Yes. Now, last year, uh, you know, looked all right in eight starts, but he's got very good numbers coming up through the minor leagues the last three years. Mm-hmm. He started off really well so far. So I think you know, Gabe Kapler, manager of of San Francisco, is really just looking for his young starter to get through the lineup two times, and as long as he can do that, he's going to keep those runs down, and maybe he even goes a third time before you get into the Giants' bullpen, which is suspect, and the Rockies' bullpen, which you, you're believing what you're seeing so far, but it wouldn't shock you if they had one of those games uh, where no one really seems to be able to get in out. So I, I do like that pick for, for taking the under in the early going with, with John Gray and Logan Webb dealing. I like I, I like what you just said. You just reassured me a lot about Logan Webb. And I guess you're right. Outside of Wade Davis and Pazos... You know, sometimes Daniel Barr, he's so electric, but he doesn't always hit his spots. So that can be, you know, it, it's a scary roller coaster ride, even though, I mean, he's basically been untouchable thus far. And, you know, Estevis had a, I guess he allowed, what, one run to two outings ago, but that's okay. I mean, he, he limited damage and Hyro's been uh, pretty lights out so far. So uh, you make some good points. Uh, you forced me to take off my, my my Rockies fan glasses and put things in perspective. They can't always be perfect. You're right. And I would suggest this. If things go, as we're saying, with John Gray, who I think we agree has looked nice and we have confidence will continue um, hit, hit another steady start to come from him, especially from you know this Giants lineup that doesn't scare you too much. Uh, but this is a nice opportunity. You can wait to live bet the over for the full nine. If it is low scoring in the first couple innings, that over will go down from the 11 and a half it's at now. And then you can kind of feast on these two bullpens, which, as you said, the Rockies, not too shaky. The Giants, more shaky um, than you think. What other lines have you intrigued here? I know we were talking about some, some Nolan stuff. You're going the other way, though. Yeah, you know, Nolan has homers in the, the last two straight games, and so you say, wow, he's he's breaking out of that slump. He's going to do it again. I don't necessarily know if that's the case or not, but what I do know is he and Trevor Story are incredibly competitive. They play off one another. They are very much uh, like stepbrothers, where they've got that energy where it's a rivalry, but it plays in their advantage in so many ways. So Story hitting a home run tonight is plus 335. I think that's as good of a lock uh, as there's going to be. Stories, he's been very patient at the plate, drawing his walks. But I think, again, it, 
you go out and you see Arenado hitting those two home runs in two straight games, and you go, all right, now it's my turn. So maybe I'm not going to be as patient at the plate, especially if the Rockies can get up to an early lead. He's going to be able to have fun in those at-bats. So that's got to be a lock at plus 335. And to take it even beyond that point, if you want to go with a story home run and a Rockies win, that's plus 500. So you might as well double down on that. Uh, I like yeah. those two bets uh, as as locks for tonight. I love this, and I love the re I love the little inner rivalry between him and Nolan, sparking this all, and uh, motivating Trev to be a little more aggressive, where he's been really nice in his uh, more patient approach. So maybe you'd say stay away from Trevor over one and a half hits because he might be forcing it a bit too. Yeah, yeah, very, very well could be, right? You know, he, he's been drawing a lot of walks, so you know he's he's not getting those uh, at bats, right? It, it's right. a plate appearance, but it's it's not an at bat if you if you draw a walk. So, you know, once he gets that first home run out of the way, then yeah, he's he's more likely to to get the over. But uh, I would I would probably stay away from that as well as John Gray with at uh, the over under at four and a half strikeouts. Yes. So the Giants lineup, uh, they only strike out about a twenty two percent clip. Yep. Uh, which is which is in the top ten of, of baseball, so yep. it's got a lot of names you might not be uh, familiar with, uh, and and the ones you do know, you've got to be thinking, how old are, is Brendan <laughs> right. Belt and Crawford and Pablo Sandoval? He's still right. a thing. <laughs> right, I saw exactly. those pictures in the summer. That can't be a thing. No, he's he still is. He's hitting yes, the ball hard, yes. but they put the ball in play uh, in his last two starts. Mm-hmm. Only had three and two strikeouts respectively. Yep. So that could be hard to come by if he can go deep into the game. I think he'll have all the opportunities to get that over, uh, but we've yet to see that from John Gray. So I would probably stay away from that over-under on strikeouts for him today. Is it just a slightly different approach from John this year where he's not missing as many bats and he's just trying to force you know, the contact in the lower half of the strike zone and that's how he's forcing more outs? Or... Is this an opportunity where it was more of a fluke in the last outing that he didn't hit that over on strikeouts? Here it's just a Giants lineup that tries to kill you by a million paper cuts. And maybe next gray outing, that line will be lower because he hasn't hit the over, and that's where we can strike. Yeah, I think by the end of the season or even in a couple weeks' time, as you said, you know, we're, we're going to start to see him logging those strikeouts. But I think yeah. right here in the early going, it very much is that approach of mm-hmm. just getting that weak contact, keeping yeah. the fly balls down, which is super important. Right. Played two very heavy contact teams already, you know, uh, in his previous two starts. So, um, you know, and when you're not able to, to get out of the fifth inning, that's obviously going to, you know, tamp down your, your ability to get strikeouts. So his pitch counts haven't been that high. It's just that he's been in, uh, in in jams, so to speak, and mm-hmm. you know, Buddy Black has had to ultimately manage this team differently than in years past. Where you say, "I gotta," this is a marathon. I gotta keep these guys sharp for five months down the line. So uh, let me give them a shot to work out of this jam. Now you can't afford that. Yep. Now you're almost you're you're managing every game like it's one of one in a lot of ways and a lot of different scenarios. So that's been the case in, in Gray's two starts. It wouldn't shock me if 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 John was back to being the, the Wolf of Blake Street and, and mm-hmm. went and carved up for, for six strikeouts. But uh, until we see that for sure, I would stay away from uh, the four and a half. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you, Patrick. Anything else you've kind of been surprised by or any trend that you've really said, I, I told you so or liked thus far in the early going of this uh, 
somewhat of a wacky MLB season. I, I, I've I've found some good value in some dogs lately. I know the the Cubbies have been a real surprise um, at nine and two. The Twins is one that you called all along. The Braves have been really good, but just lost their opening day starter. Um, just a, a ton of early storylines in this MLB season. Anything that stood out to you? Anything that might give us an edge in embedding the other teams around the around the league? Well, Boston is one of those teams that you know mm. I. I I, I don't man. believe in them. They're they're yeah. they're just not very good, unfortunately. You yeah. know, they did they did lose some pitching in the offseason. You know, lost another guy in Eduardo Rodriguez, who who should mm-hmm. be a Colorado Rockies starter, but that's a topic for another day. So so they're one of those teams where you go, ah, oh, they're gonna snap out of it eventually. No, that's not necessarily the case, especially yeah. when you look at their their win loss record uh in any year where they, they did win the World Series, man, they took some serious nosedives. And I think this is just gonna be one of those uh, years where they're going to need a little course correction. So I, I, I do believe that they are they are more of a pretender than anything this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as far as I told you, so's you know Trevor Story in, in leading the game in, in runs. We're seeing him at the top of the leaderboard. He again he's he's getting on base. Yep. He's drawing those yep. walks. Blackman, Arenado, Kemp all driving him in. And Charlie Blackman last three years he has the most hits in all of baseball. He had two more again last night. Um, he's, he's just under 500. I think he's 16 for 33. So look for him to continue that. Yeah. I think he'll even have two hits again tonight. I would take the over. That's a plus 141. So uh, a lot of opportunities today to go hard on the Rockies. Beautiful. Love it. Always a pleasure to have you on, brother. We'll, we got to do Thank this you. again soon. Absolutely. Keep breaking in that dough, buddy. Oh, yeah. You know it. <laughs> Yeah, and thanks to Patrick for being on. And as you know, all the odds we're giving you are straight from our good friends at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, you know, I'm using that app on the daily. Nothing but great stuff. We're going to talk about some amazing props coming up with our Nuggets guest that you can find specifically on the Sportsbook. It's like they've been listening to us, and all of a sudden, we have some beautiful lines for Nuggets, Avs, and everything else. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DNVR when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Don't forget, enter code DNVR and get your sign-up bonus to $1,000. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Beautiful. Well, next up, we have the man, the myth, the legend, Brendan Vote here with us. Brendan, so what's up, uh, I better get going here because the Nuggets are about to play in uh, 40 minutes here. It's time to play some wagers. I know I uh, I lit our Slack a bit on fire when I put it out there that the sportsbook now has lines on MPJ yeah. for this game today against the Spurs. Um, and since pointing out that the over-under for MPJ points in this game was set at 15 and a half, and that was coming in at a minus 110, basically even odds for the yeah, the over or the under. The over has now moved to minus 150. So already tremendous action, probably mostly from the DNVR staff. How are you feeling about this, man? 
Goodman also just announced that Jamal Murray is out again today. Um, so if you're ooh, looking ooh, at that ooh, from a how do the Nuggets win standpoint, that's bad news. If you're looking at that from the smashing the over on those PJ line standpoint, yep. that's great news. I mean, he played 43 minutes, Andre, in game two. Um, if he plays 30 plus minutes, I, you know, is the lock for 15? No, but he, it kind of seems like that's light work for him, brother. So um, given that Murray's out, they're going to need him not just to play, but to shoot if they're going to win. So it's it's on the table, man. I, I like that over um, on that line. And also, yeah. two and a half three-pointers, it's a lot harder to lot harder to, to predict, obviously. Very inconsistent. Yep. But my rule of thumb with MPJ is if he plays, he scores. I, I really think he's going to knock three threes down. Um, so my girlfriend has money on that as well. I encouraged her in that direction. Excellent. Oh, I yeah. love that. When we get significant others betting, that's uh, the way to go. And combined rebounds, points, and assist, MPJ 24 and a half. Oh, you got to like that, right? You got to. Um, and especially because of the way games one and then games two went. Game one, well and active on the boards, gets chewed out, admonished by Michael Malone, yeah. called out in the post game. How does he respond during game two? He's an elite rebounder from the three. So yeah. I expect him to be active in the same regard. I think he hits that over as well. Uh, I'm feeling very optimistic, if you can't tell. Yeah, yeah, that one to me seems maybe like the safer one now that the line on the points has gone up a little. You can get this at almost a better value. Um, so, and that's all. All I need is like 18 and seven to to get that over. Sure. You know, we know he's not going to get many assists, but. Um, I mean, 19 and 10, right? I think Adam Mars told me that's what he's expecting today. That seems right. like a really reasonable expectation for MPJ if he plays 30 plus. Especially against these Spurs who are with, without yeah, LaMarcus Aldridge. <laughs> yeah. So the board should be like free range. The right. other and, thing is, how crazy is this matchup, man? Like the over in general seems like you might want to smash that. It's really high at 227 and a half. But these feel like two teams who cannot guard the other straight like whatsoever. It's a great point. Neither team can defend anyone. And going back to MPJ really quick, dude, not just the boards, but even if Aldridge was playing, he would be guarding maybe Yoke or Mason if he's in there. It's a yeah. lot of guards on San Antonio, and they're going to have nice. to put a guard on MPJ. Well, let's see. Their biggest guard, DeMar DeRozan, horrible defender. So <laughs> yeah, right. all signs are pointing to a big game for him. Um, and I think you make a really good point there about neither of these teams being able to defend anyone right now. Yeah, because, I mean, and that's the struggle with Murray, Harris, Barton being out one through three. Now, Murray, not so much, but now you're really struggling to defend on the wings and guys like the Rosen, guys like Derek White with a little more size, which is going to be hard, hard for Monty Morris to handle. I mean, these are guys who put up a buck 30 on the Sixers. Sure. Um, point. Yeah, quick guards. They're not get struggle with quick guards, man. Yeah, um, they, they don't contain it well at the point of attack and then. Look, Jokic is, in my opinion, criminally underrated on the defensive end. Yeah. But if you're asking him to adjust to cover ground, right. he's not making up for that with athleticism. Um, and so his job's made quite difficult when point of attack is weak, and that's the case against speedy guards, especially without their best defending guard in Gary Harris. Yeah, for sure. And uh, that probably means with this matchup, more minutes for Torrey Craig. I saw his mm -hmm. over-under for points was set at 7.5 of course, that can be a little fluky because Tori could hit a couple threes and then that's an easy over. I know. 
right. or he might not touch the ball for a quarter and a half. So I don't know. What I would what I would say is it looks like he is shooting right now. Game one, he took it. He took those threes that the defenses willingly conceded. He hit them. Yeah. Game two, he kept taking them. He wasn't hitting <laughs> them. Um, but what does that tell you? You know, he's going to try. I think if he's open, he's going to shoot. And he seems to have made a decision in his mind that he has to at least be a threat to the defense. Hey, I'm going to shoot. At least consider guarding me. So if he's open, he's shooting. And I don't know if the shots fall, but if that influences your decision one way or another, um, I do think he'll fire up. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, how are you feeling about this? You think the Nuggets, who are strong favorites, but of course, every game's a journey with all these injuries. So uh, how are you feeling about the final outcome with, with our money line betters? Well, um, you know, I, I think the Nuggets win this game, but I do know with regards to the actual line, um, mm-hmm. I was just reading on the Action Network that the smart money or the pro money appears to be going to San Antonio. So yeah. most of the bets, the public are hitting Denver, but the yeah. actual money is going to San Antonio. And mm-hmm. in some places that line has moved to three, um, but mm-hmm. on DraftKings Sportsbook last I checked, it was still three and a half. Um, so there might be something there, Dre, but... I think Denver is rolling, man. I, yeah. They played a really bad half against Miami in the second half, but the first half was actually yes. great, all things great considered. Yep. All the guys that were missing. And then, yeah, the wheels fall off, but then how do they respond the next game? Um, quite well. So yeah. I, I like Denver right now, and I do think San Antonio would do for a little, like, reality check. Or Eventually, they're going to remember who they are. And that, like, look, man, they're not really competing for a title. <laughs> right. And we even saw that. All the way up until Game 7 in their playoff series last year, this was a team that could won that series. And I'm telling you, listening to Pop speak every game, it's like, does this guy even want to win this series? They sound ready to pack up and go home. I think at some point in the bubble, that'll kick in for San Antonio again. Yeah, and I think you're right. I mean, the public, the betting public, rightfully so, looks at these injuries and says, okay, there, there's some concern. And right, rightfully so. But I think rightfully what so. happened against the Thunder... Monty kind of seen the light in the second half mm. and MPJ seen the light the whole four quarters, <laughs> uh, unlocking those guys. And, and it, it's my theory that I've had not just for the Nuggets, but I've kind of had it for the Avs for like two years now where they're almost better when they do have some injuries because sure. all of a sudden everyone settles into, OK, this is my role. I'm not going to worry about will I sit on the bench all game or will I start, which is what Tory Craig does from time to time. Hey, Everyone has a delineated role. They're calmer and they fit into that role and they're still talented enough to beat teams like San Antonio or OKC. Well, and over the last handful of years, every time Denver experiences a key injury, we've actually learned something new about someone else. You know, in True. years past, yep. Martin and Gary yep. Harris showed us they actually mortared their game than we thought. You know, there's been some regression. Um, I think this time around, it's well, I don't have any choice but to start MPJ if I'm alone. And not just that. Right. Um, we don't really have any choice but to let this kid shoot because where, where are the points going to come from? Right. And that's unlocked the best possible outcome for Denver's offense, which was at one point quite predictable, regardless of the, the aggregate talent. Now you've got this new wrinkle. And the, the truth about MPJ, if he's hot, if the shots are falling, teams don't really know what to do with this yet. They haven't game planned for this, and he's a matchup problem at, with, with his height. So... Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think in a weird way, Denver's unlocked something more important. Um, but that's assuming everyone comes back healthy eventually. Oh, man, I love this. Uh, getting me excited for the Nuggets. Uh, I always fall in this trap. That's uh, kind of part of that Nug life. Yeah, I know, man. 
I know. Drew Creaseman texted me at halftime of that Miami game. He was like, hey, so uh, remember when you told me to get back on the hype train? It's like, I'm never watching basketball again. No, no, I that's admit, I'm sorry. That's how it's done. That's how it's done. Uh, before I let you go, because, of course, you've got a game real soon. Man, I'm feeling like the East is going to be fun from a better's perspective for maybe mm. the first time in a while uh, with the Pacers playing as well as they're playing. The 76ers being a disaster. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, Raptors have been the Raptors. Uh, you know, Celtics are kind of flaky right now. I, I just think there's going to be lots of opportunities there. So uh, I want you to dial into that because next time we talk, uh, I'll, I'll be quizzing you about all that. And the Heat, man. I mean, Heat, Raptors, Bucks at the top. Pacers could do anything. Sixers could do anything. Celtics could do anything. All three rounds, we're going to have some entertaining series. Well, usually it was always chalk in these. Yeah, man. Those games will be at least good. I don't know yeah. you know, if we'll see necessarily upsets, but everyone in the East yeah. right now I think can play each other well. And yeah. Indiana, sneaky fun team to watch. Bro. They've got some great ball movement. And TJ Warren's like Michael Jordan apparently right now. So In the bubble. Yep. And they'll get Oladipo back. So, man, yep. sky's the limit. Yeah. Hi, bro. Right. Well, I'm looking Thanks. forward to that next visit, man. Appreciate it. You got it. Yep. Go Nugs. Thank you, Brendan Vote. Follow him. The MVR Nuggets, uh, the NBA show. They do a great job. And, um, you know, man, just a slew of picks on Rockies and Nuggets so far. I don't know if we have our records yet to remind people on the Colorado picks so far and uh, what we've done. I mean, you know, we've only been at it, what, a week and a half since the Rockies have been back. Just a couple games for Nugs and Avs. 12-4 and four for RK. The rare time RK has placed more bets than me. And then 10-5 and five for your boy. Doing good. And those 10-5, and five, there's lots of value. Lots of pluses there, in part because uh, it's a lot of Rockies money lines, which we weren't getting value. Herman Marquez, my lock, three times, three starts in a row. That's always been plus money as well. So, um, yeah. And to close it out in this trifecta episode... I mean, <laughs> it doesn't get much better than this to talk about Colorado Avalanche than uh, to have my man, A.J. Hayfley, who, of course, has the proper attire because the Nuggets play first here in uh, in just a few minutes, rocking his Nuggets hat like a, like a good Colorado boy would. How are you, dude? I'm good, man. I uh, <clears throat> It's been a weird day. It's yeah. Been a, it's been a weird day, and so I'm I'm very prepared to – shift into watching sports all day well i wake up this morning with a notification from our uh you know our main twitter account that you guys have posted an article talking about will the avs overcome having been zero four against the stars this season only team they were unable to beat and from a betting perspective this is very interesting to us as the avs are slight favorites going into this uh two seed versus the four seed playing for the one seed <laughs> does that did i say that correctly aj sure yeah uh they're they're like they're really like unseeded teams playing for whatever seed they could get at this point fair point um a lot of the, the this is important tonight for both teams um if the if the abs pull this off if they manage to to climb the dallas mountain they guarantee themselves the top two seed with a win today and that, given given the chaos that we have seen so far out west in the bracket, Man. in the qualifying round right now, um, that you know getting a getting a top two seed could really pay off for them. Silly me, I thought that maybe with the conditions we wouldn't have the usual upsets. No, it's been more unpredictable. It's just been. I, 
I'm actually I've actually been really surprised at how the series have gone because I figured in best of fives with them playing right. as as frequently as they are, um, because there are some teams who are on their third game in four days already. Um, right. Right. I what I what I figured is that we were going to be in line for a lot more sweeps. Yep, like what we saw with Carolina over the Rangers, where the Rangers just never got traction in that series. Carolina came in, they were motivated, they just smoked those guys and moved on. And I yeah. thought I thought we were going to see more of that where one team just came in and they were already they were already there mentally mm-hmm. and the other team just just wasn't quite prepared. They didn't have their legs, you know, whatever it is. You know, yeah, yeah. those long layoffs, it's, they're totally unpredictable. Right. And so with their seasons being on the line immediately, I thought we were going to see more of that. Uh there's been a little more back and forth than I expected. Uh um, Yeah. You know, the the goaltending has been exactly as we as we thought it would be where somebody somebody in one of these series is going to do something where you're like oh my gosh this is crazy yeah and i mean some of these series especially out west that i thought would be sweeps like the canucks against the wild or i mean oilers blackhawks has been wild i'm if something happened like you know canucks just won i'm just going the other way and like you know, uh, Rudo, I thought, put out the the perfect meme, which to me translated in bet the over for all these Oilers Chicago games. Yeah. And it's funny because that's the that's the highest over under available right now. <laughs> right. They basically all of the hockey games started out uh, over unders at five and a half. Yeah. And then they had to move that they after two games. They were like, we got to <laughs> everybody. They're making too much money smashing the over on this. So they had to move it up to six. So um, it's it's been it's been interesting to watch that change, and I've uh, I got a good I got a good hearty chuckle out of that because I would still smash that over. Right. Both of those goaltenders are still bad. <laughs> right, a and half goal thing, don't change like, anything. <laughs> well, and 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 both power plays are producing, and the referees are calling this like it's November in the regular season, where they're trying to they're trying to set the tone. They're trying right. to prove a point, right? Like, right. so it's 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 been a combination of unexpected things. Uh, I thought I thought Chicago was going to get blown away in that series um, when they didn't have Corey Crawford, and then Crow got healthy, yeah, yeah. and then Edmonton just forgot to play Game One, and right. it's just that series has been weird. Yeah, I sprinkled the the Oilers in a sweep because that's how I was feeling too. And then game one, I mean, game one's kind of across the board, especially out west. Yeah, upset city. Yeah, yeah, especially the first day mm-hmm. um, where both twelve seeds won. Yeah, and you were just it was like it was like the tw- both twelve seeds, both eleven seeds, and you're just sitting there like, what, what in yeah. the world is right. going on out here? It's so the only, the only team that straight up took care of business. Carolina walked in and was like, "Yep, the Rangers, tell me more jokes, please." <laughs> yeah, uh, that was nice. So, okay, we're smashing the over still. Um, well, we'll we'll get into those. Let, let, let's circle back to the abs. My first, as I was trying to figure out a lock for this, and I invited you on. I wanted you on for this when we had Rudo in the last one, uh-huh. and. And then I started to look at lines and I found one that that felt a little romantic for me to bring up with us on the show. And it's Kale McCarr to score in this at <laughs> plus 360, because, of course, the first pod we ever did together was the draft pod in that Kale yeah. McCarr year. 
And the stars drafting Heisken in at three allowed McCarr to drop to them at four. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. Uh, besides the romanticism of it all, is this possible or am I just throwing my money away? You know, it's, it's actually funny. Cause when I was going through these, uh, there were two that jumped out at me and McCard at three sixty to, to score, just to score. Yeah. Just to score. Uh, if you really want to, if you really wanted to roll the dice and go with like the first goal or the last goal, <laughs> you could be in some money there at plus 1900. Yes. <laughs> if you, if you really, if you wanted to basically, uh, play abs Twitter psychic with your wallet. Exactly. That's <laughs> hey, Kale McCard, the good as bad as any. Uh, he's a guy that always gets better as he goes on. The other guy to score in this that I really liked was Val Nachushkin. He's on. That's he's right. on that second line, and he's going up against the old team. He's got a. He's got that little extra jump, and he's been. He was real good in training camp. He's been good through the first two. Uh, through through the exhibition game and the first game against St. Louis, he's got he's got a little pep in his step, and I think against mm. Dallas, getting that goal would just be a little extra salt. And you know the uh, at plus at plus four twenty to score it, it's it's not only a Colorado style bet, but <laughs> it's right. it's good money. Yeah, what's uh, what's better than that? I, I think DraftKings is trying to tell our Colorado bet, better something with that Val Nichushkin line. Um, yeah, I like that. I like that with a little a little revenge here. Yeah. Um, and how do you see this play out, man? You think it's going to be a grinded out like with the Blues, or is this a high scoring? Can they get past the Stars? Like, what's going on here? What's what's the matchup that's prevented the the um, the Az from beating these guys so far? Really, it's just Dallas wants to gear it down. And it's funny because they don't want to play a super up-tempo style, but they're right in the middle of the league in terms of shot suppression. Mm. And given that they were second in goal suppression, you would think that they would have been a little higher yeah. with uh, with actually uh, the shot suppression, but they just they were just they were just okay at it. And the abs are one of the more aggressive and active teams in the upper half of shot generation. It's really just goaltending. And I tell you, through these games so far, the abs offense hasn't clicked. As we've seen, yeah. you know, they they grinded out three goals against Minnesota in the exhibition. Then they turned around and they they scraped those two goals against <laughs> yeah, the blues. I mean, yeah. We have not seen like this is this is an electric offense. Yeah. And you know, certainly things are more are are more locked down in a traditional postseason. But we've seen all the other series, yeah. offense offense has not been a problem. Right. If you're if you're betting overs every night, you're making money. And we haven't seen it with the ABS yet. We haven't seen their offense just take that big leap. Honestly, with Franco's in net. You never know which Frankie you're going to get. You're either going to get the dominant one that's making crazy acrobatic saves, or you're going to get the guy that's that's he'll get seventy percent of a of a shot and he'll slip through his blocker and it trickles in, and then his five hole is 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 getting lit up, and next thing you know, it's it's four nothing, and you're like, dude. So this is the I I think that. Honestly, this could be more high scoring than we were expecting just because you don't think of Colorado Dallas as 
You think of it as 2-1, not 5-4. But we haven't seen the Avs offense click. We haven't seen Nathan McKinnon click yet. I think I think there's a I think there's a decent chance that this one turns into more of a run and gun than than we would expect. Oh, that'd kind of be fun to watch. Um especially nice, to man. see, you know. Yeah, these top two lines getting going would be really, really satisfying. Yeah. I mean it'd be, it'd be great. The how how much longer must I wait for a Miko Ranton in and a Nathan McKinnon goal? You know, it's, it's been a minute, bro. So yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're smashing the over as far as the other games. Um, man, I kind of like Canucks minus 107 against the Wild. Penguins have to get it back, minus 175 against the Canadians. And what about the Preds at minus 148? These are all money lines. Do you like that? Um, I mean, I picked I picked Minnesota and Arizona in those respective series. But to be honest with you, Nashville has thoroughly outplayed Arizona throughout that. And that game, I think that game's going on right now. Um, oh, right. And I believe it's tied 1-1 in the second period. So it's still anybody's game there. Yep. Um, I'm I'm good. I'm, I'm comfortable with Pittsburgh. They've been way outplaying Montreal, even though Carey Price has turned back the clock to 2015. They're just not generating enough, and Matt Murray's been just fine, like, if Matt Murray had been a total sieve, this Montreal would win the series. Mm-hmm. But Matt Murray's been fine. He hasn't had he really hasn't been that he hasn't been as terrible as people in Pittsburgh were making him out to be. Okay. So um I'm com- I'm comfortable with all those. I, I gotta tell you, man, the Vancouver, Minnesota thing, I really don't know. The those two games so far have been extremely different. Vancouver yeah. didn't show up at all. Minnesota didn't look good. They've just sort of traded being bad, and like those are two those are two really not good hockey teams in a normal in a normal playoff year. Neither one of those teams would have made the playoffs, yeah. and had they made it, they would have gotten smoked by whoever they got. Right. Um, so they're they're honestly they're they're playing for the privilege of getting drilled in the next round, okay. and um, I, so trying to trying to parse their mediocrity is. It's just it's frustrating. It's I would I personally because there's the it's it's like trying to it's trying to look through mud. I I would I would avoid that series. I just I like there, I, there, it's no con, no confidence in that at all. Right, right. I mean, it's a it's a competition of who wants to lose this less. Yeah. So like yeah. each team each team would benefit significantly more from losing and being in Monday's lottery for the first overall pick than for the privilege of getting bounced by whichever Western team takes them to pound town in that next week. <laughs> takes them to pound town. That's now I will change this uh, podcast title to this when I put it on the feed. Well, beautiful AJ. I think uh, e- even if you do have anything more than that, I want you to not speak another word because it, it would be wrong to say to not end it on a take it to pound town. So thank you, my friend. Always a pleasure. And uh, we got to do this again soon. Yeah, man. Anytime. You just let me know. You got it, brother. Thank you. Yeah. And that's um, that's going to do it for us because we just gave you a full slate of picks, not just for our Colorado teams, but for the rest of the three leagues that are active right now. Uh, you don't get picks in this longer episode at the end of the episode. But I will remind you of our overall record since we've started tracking units 
since American team sports are back. As per usual, I have gone all in and done almost twice as many picks as Ryan, but both sitting pretty. I just went up to a plus 17 today because one of those Europa League picks I gave you at plus 280 has already hit. The other one is going on right now, and my dog in Getafe was looking good on that too. So stay tuned. Go all in on the old trifecta. Maybe parlay some of these nice props and lines that we've given out. Um, best of luck to you all. I will be back tomorrow with RK in studio per usual. So back to normal, always at one o'clock. Thanks for tuning in guys and best of luck.